El Duncan, Pablo Corey, Corton Cronin, Clinton Yates. Eagles to wear green. Kansas City White. Those are the choices for the jerseys for the big game. Trademark big game. Teams that wear white. Anybody know what the record is recently? 15 and 3. But fully won in green over New England a few years back. What game? What big game? The big game. Trademark. Also, QB carousel and five offensive rebounds because you missed four tippets. Is that impressive? <laughs> Let's go. Pablo, can I make a request? I would love a daily episode on the big game, trademark big game. Like, why? Ooh. Let's do that. Will we get in trouble for even broking the question of the big game? It's the big game. News of the day, trademark, from Giant Safety Julian Love. He was on NFL Network's Good Morning Football. He had some thoughts on Nick Sirianni. He said, quote, he's in for a free ride right now. Talking about Philly's talented roster. He said the hosts of a TV show could coach the Eagles. And he said, quote, he's a guy who's doing, really doing a good job because he's not getting in the way of his team. He's experienced a roster from top to bottom, offense to defense. L. Duncan, how do Love's comments sit with you? Uh, like I'm hearing them from a bitter Betty who plays for the Giants, a team that got sweeped by the Eagles. Like, I sure hope y'all don't ask my ex-boyfriend to eulogize me. I don't think you're going to like what you hear, folks. I'm just saying, like, we got to consider the source. Um, listen, we've been doing this to the Eagles all year long. We're really punishing them for being a complete team. We do it to Jalen Hurts, too, right? Like, he's been having to argue down the fact that what he does and his role is not important because he's got a great offensive line, because he's got such a great team, because he's got such great weapons. They're doing the same thing with Nick Sirianni. Listen, I eye-rolled the guy as well last year when they started out not playing well and he compared his team to a flower. But since that fertilization, a metaphor, they've gone. <laughs> 23 and 7. They're the number one seed. They've won 14 games. You want to call that a fluke? Like, right. come on, y'all. Don't minimize what the man's Pablo doing. Pablo Torre on uh, the coach in for a free ride. Yeah. The comment in question does itself have a fertilizer feel to it, Tony, because it does feel like something that demands a follow up question, right? Well, then why, Julian Love, does Brian Dable feel like a favorite for coach of the year in the NFL? Because his ride was very expensive, apparently, towing around Julian Love. <laughs> I guess my point here, beyond the implication okay. of all of this, is simply this. There are no free rides in the NFL. There are ways to screw up every single thing. Timeouts. Calls that are complicated. When do you bring back the quarterback L referred to, Jalen Hurts, from a shoulder injury? Right? Like, how do you manage his return? He handled it well enough to make it to the Super Bowl. It just feels like the wrong time to levy this kind of an assertion. Courtney Cronin, bring you in here. Look no further than Nick Sirianni being ranked number one in win probability added over expected. Wow, she had the stats. Down decisions, mm. timeout usage, delay of game avoidance, and all of that does not take into account how talented the roster is and what a coach is able to do or not do with the talent that he has on his team. This to me sounds like sour grapes to Elle's point. And for somebody sitting at home right now that was on a New York Giants team that got swept by the Eagles this year, I think we all know what Julian Love is saying here. Brandon Graham, defensive end for the Eagles, said it best. Everybody's got something to say when they are currently sitting at home and not being get, not getting ready right now to play in that big game. And Clinton Yates, I, I guess this will be a clean sweep here. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, this one should have stayed in the draft, homie. I mean, everything he said about Nick Sirianni that he claims is an insult 
is in fact a compliment. Number one, they're playing in the Super Bowl. Number two, getting out of the way of your veterans is not as easy to do as you think it is in the NFL. And number three, you got banged out by them multiple times this season. I mean, look, if you want to find a way to diss somebody, talk about something they're not good at instead of the thing that they are good at because that's exactly what Sirianni has shown and that's why he's going to be playing in two Sundays and not the New York football. L. Duncan, you want a last word? Yeah, just to counter what Pablo said, that's not totally true about the free ride thing. We definitely have seen someone ride the backs of someone else's efforts to a Super Bowl, but his name was John Gruden. Whoa! <laughs> Man, there is some spice. I mean, it does happen. Hunting big game. We'll move on. It's not in this case. Super Bowl. It's called the big game from now on, Pablo Torre. Actually, you know what you couldn't do, Pablo, for the daily? For, for just for me. Do, do the episode, and then we could trademark the big game. We could do that together. And then everybody who's doing oh, the good. commercials for the big game. It's about as us. good a name as the Super Bowl, for the record here, but I digress. Oh. Super Bowl's a dumb name. Quarterback carousel. Quick check on Tom Brady. Yep, still retired. Kyle Shanahan says the 49ers will part ways with Jimmy Garoppolo. We heard that before. Brock Purdy still undecided on surgery for the UCL tear, but expected to be ready before the season. Trey Lance is now out of a walking boot, or at least will be soon, and expected to be ready for off-season workouts. Courtney Cronin is moving on from Jimmy G, the right call. 49ers in a good place where they are currently with Lance and Purdy. Tony, I started watching Power this offseason, and I have lost track of how many times Angela, Tasha, Tommy have these dramatic goodbye ghost moments on the show only for him to come back in and save the day. We have seen this happen time and again with Jimmy Garoppolo coming back to save the day for the San Francisco 49ers. However, at this point, circumstances are different than where they were last offseason, where he remained under contract. He's a free agent. I think that he is good as gone, but I don't think that Kyle Shanahan knows exactly what he's going to do with this quarterback situation as of right now. He doesn't know what the options are going to be and what Brock Purdy will ultimately choose as far as his elbow. He doesn't know if Trey Lance can make it through a season fully healthy. So right now, he's saying what he knows to be true at the moment. Remember, the Combine's coming up, free agency's coming up. What you say now really has no bearing on what you end up doing a month or two from now. Yeah, I think Kyle is being honest. I mean, just in terms of the overall relationship of that player, Garoppolo, with the team, it just feels like too much has happened to reasonably bring him back. He's a little too good on his own. They're a little too good without him. It would feel awkward in a certain way. You talk about relationships and so on and so forth. Bringing that person back into the fold does not seem like the right decision. And there are plenty of people, I'm sure, who would love to have Jimmy G. I mean, you think about the Jets, you think about the Raiders, you think about the Commanders, a team with a lot of weapons that haven't figured out the quarterback position. This doesn't make sense to me from a timing standpoint for either of these teams to try to figure it back out. It's over. Leave well, Duncan. We all believe that Kyle Shanahan believes that he should have had at least one or two Super Bowls by now if he could have just had competent quarterback play and in particular quarterbacks that can stay on the field. I believe this is done because last year he was still under contract. This year you're talking about a guy who, despite the fact that Kyle Shanahan thought he was the guy back in 2018 then they signed him, has had to start six quarterbacks in the six years that he's been there. Health is of utmost importance at this point for the Niners, so why would you re-sign up for someone who's put you in this position to begin with, with not only their inability to stay on the field, but also with question marks down the stretch. I agree with Clinton, though. There's very much a field and an opportunity for Jimmy G to go somewhere and start. I think it works out really well for him right now that the relationship is ending because he would slide right in, honestly, to any one of the teams that we said Tom Brady should land at at 45 well, years Rogers. old, throwing the ball right. 67 times.
Pablo Torre. But there is an adverb in this line at the bottom of our screen here, Tony, and that adverb is likely. <laughs> I am not nearly as definitive about any of this, and not to throw my almost three-year-old daughter under the bus, sorry, Violet, but we are trying to do the thing where she says goodbye to her thumb. She is still, unfortunately, or, you know, not to be judgmental about it, she's sucking her thumb. It's her binky. It makes her feel good and safe. We've had many moments where it's like she's likely to stop the doing this. Is the she must. Sucking quarterback of she, you know, for Kyle Jimmy Shane. Garoppolo is the very handsome and handsomely paid safety blanket for Kyle Shanahan. Very they are a team that makes <laughs> NFC title games real easy when he's in there, and without him, they're about 500 or so. So I'll believe this okay. when I see. Clint Yates, one last word. You want back in? No, I just think Jimmy Garoppolo is probably a little bit underrated at this point in his career. There's a lot more teams that could use a quarterback like that in their huddle than people are willing to believe in this league. Also true. One more story here. It's Tua Tungavailoa cleared from concussion protocol yesterday. Dolphins GM Chris Greer says he's the team's QB1 next year. His concussion history is not a concern for the team going forward. Doctors have told him that Tua isn't more prone to sustaining concussions team has a May 1st deadline to exercise Tua's fifth-year option. Pablo, how do you see it playing out? Do you have doubts about Tua's sustainability and this fifth-year option to guarantee? I have worries as a human being watching a human being get concussed multiple times, at least three times on record um, that we know of in a single season. But in terms of the logic here, like the running theme of all of these quarterback questions is that line about how you're only as faithful as your options. And this guy, when he is healthy, is a absolute stud of a starting quarterback for uh, for the for this team for a team but by the way with a coach who needs his own safety blanket and they have a rapport Mike McDaniel does with Tua Tungabailoa I don't think it's guaranteed that he'll be healthy but I just don't know where they turn Tony if they don't re-sign him to that fifth year I think it was two official concussions not that I mean the officialness of this is just I mean ridiculous the Green me. Bay yes right right the Bills, but this, this one is before what, that the, yep. the data of course with. of course Cordy Cronin so he's eligible for an extension this offseason. They could decide to go that route. They also need to figure out whether they're going to pick up his fifth-year option, which is just over $22 million, fully guaranteed. A decision I don't think that they're willing to do just yet. Honestly, and as much as I hate to say it, because this is somebody who looked like their franchise quarterback this season, I think that 2023 is going to end up being a prove-it year for Tua because they have the franchise tag, which then they could use on him in 2024, assuming he can can get through a fully healthy season next year without another issue right. of concussions. And I know Chris Greer said that doctors told him that this is not supposed to be something that lingers. I just am a little cautious about this because these are head injuries we're talking about. There's no guarantee with any of them. I'm with Courtney in this regard. The crassness of the NFL means that the talent factor is a decision that the Dolphins have to make. But I am not buying what these doctors are talking about whatsoever. I'm supposed to believe that all of a sudden there is no further threat of concussions. Reminder, concussions are not something that you can cure. They are brain injuries that do not go away. They might subside in terms of the effects, but there's no real world in which I'm going to look at a player in which I've seen play that way and say, yep, never happening again. That, to me, is actually very scary in terms of the uh, messaging being put out by that team as regards for to his uh, you know, career as it goes forward. Whether or not he's good enough is a different matter, but don't tell me he can't get hurt again. You're talking about an NFL player and a quarterback at no, that. Duncan. 
It took him 38 days to clear concussion protocols. Like, clearly, there should be real worry about what's going on in his brain. But I would say more importantly, to Courtney's point, I still think you pick up his fifth-year option. Because why would you try and franchise tag him? You'll get him for marketedly less money. You can still make this next year a prove-it year. And honestly, I just think for the Dolphins, it feels a little bit icky in general. We all watch Tua knowing how much it means to him, but also knowing that we might have to save him from himself. So I think your best bet is to still get that fifth-year option and let him take this year to see if he can stay on the field. There's this discussion. We've had it for three months with Tua, and we've had it in the sport. Kevin Blackstone, I think, said it in a way that sticks in my mind. He's not concussion-prone. He plays in a concussion-prone sport, right? And that's never going to be removed from it, as we know. By yourself on the other side. What's up, kiddos? I'm Clinton Yates of Around the Horn. Whenever I go to cover games or attend events in Los Angeles, I'm always keeping my eye out for the best-dressed person in the room. I saw Diego Luna at the Andor Red Carpet launch event, Star Wars, folks, and he looked head of state fresh. Now you can also be that person, too, whether you're sitting courtside, attending a fancy dinner, or going to a wedding. With a fully custom suit from Indochino, you'll walk into wedding season looking like a million bucks for way, way less. They start at just $4.99. With Indochino, you can design the suit of your dreams and fine-tune every detail, including lapels, linings, monograms, pocket flaps, etc. A tailored fit from home. Set up your measurement profile on Indochino's website and choose customizations without even leaving the house. Look your best this wedding season at the table or on the dance floor when you wear Indochino. Go to Indochino.com today and use code HORN to get 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code HORN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17. WNBA free agency has us with potential super teams, and I want to know what you think about it. Brianna Stewart was the big news yesterday going to the New York Liberty. Today, even more news, Courtney Vandersloot, four-time All-Star, five-time assist champ, going to the New York Liberty. That also combines Jacqueline Jones going to Liberty and Yonis already there. So combine that with the Aces, the defending champs, who added, hello, Candace Parker, a two-time league MVP, to go with Adrian Wilson, hello, a two-time league MVP, and four number one picks on their starting lineup. And we've got two teams here. Some people want to just go straight to the WNBA Finals. L. Duncan, buy or sell two super teams in a league of 12 teams being a good thing. I'm buying that. I love it. Regulators, mount up. Like, I'm convinced the only people that don't <laughs> like super teams are the same kind of people who hearken back to yesteryear and probably yell at clouds. This is fantastic, especially for a, a, a group, an area, the WNDBA, who's trying to grow, right? Because while we're always going to have those loyal 
those loyalists who are with you know the WNBA since 1996 who will watch a small market team like Connecticut mostly when you're trying to cast a wider net you want to make sure that you've got the names on the back of the jersey they're more important than the names in the front so who isn't going to anticipate two teams filled with Hall of Famers and league MVPs it's fantastic Pablo Torre yeah, I buy the storylines, Tony, and I buy the lessons taught to us by the NBA. So many people complained about the villainy, how the, the Miami Heat and LeBron James cheated the game, how the Warriors with Kevin Durant did the same. And you know what else all those people who complained about them did? They watched the games. Okay. And that is not just a mission for the WNBA right now. It is what happens when you have something that's actually interesting, even if you say you don't like Gordy it. Cronin. I'm buying that this is not the first time that we've seen super teams in the WNBA. They just were created via the draft and free, and free agency, rather trades, with the Minnesota Lynx and the Los Angeles Sparks. And those two duked it out in the WNBA finals for about 10 years. The only way to beat a super team like the Las Vegas Aces is to go create one on your own. And what we were talking about with LeBron James teaming up with his friends down in Miami, is that not exactly what Courtney Vandersloot's doing, considering she and Brianna Stewart play in Turkey together during the WNBA offseason. I like yes. it. I think it makes sense for this specific point of the league in terms of the WNBA. You've got the stars. I know that there's not as many teams as people would like, but if it makes sense to put folks together so you get a better product, you might as well do it. However, I understand the business concern. The commentary team that dominated this league early in their existence, they no longer exist. And so okay. I understand why people look at this as, do you want to make the WNBA the best product or do you want to grow the game? It's an understandable sort of back and forth there as to what your actual goal is. But I do think if you've got the stars, play the games and let them do what they want to do. Buy or sell, too. Uh, my favorite story in the show. Have you guys heard about this sack conspiracy in the NBA this season? A whole Reddit investigation. Yes, Pablo, you were not. You, you were molded by Reddit and born on it. Uh, Jared Jackson <laughs> Jr.'s block splits. This is what this is. The home and away for Triple J. And whether he's had more blocks at home than on the road, and that seems to be the case. But now Draymond Green wants in on this conversation. I can't sit here and say, oh, man, his stats are padded. But when this came out, I was like, well, maybe maybe I should acknowledge this because the reality is to say that I'm only averaging 0.8 blocks and 0.7 steals or something like that, like I know that's not accurate. For instance, last night, I had two blocks. Somehow I finished the game with zero blocks. And it's just like two steals and two blocks in the game. Like, I would like my two blocks. Pablo, by yourself, Draymond wanting his stats and this overall stack conspiracy here. I buy it. I buy that the best way to watch NBA defense or get people to watch NBA players play defense, more specifically, is to allege a conspiracy about how these stats are inflated. Mm. And I will say, as the person who is currently on a show where I am being scored and my personal win record has a decimal <laughs> point in it, I also would like to allege a conspiracy or two while I have the floor. Uh, you're not wrong, but we'll move on to Courtney for a moment. Draymond Green can complain about his blocks and his stats and his steals and wanting those to be legitimate. Well, we also have to count his illegal screens in there. Yo, there we go. This is somebody who is going to be entering a contract year pretty soon, and blocks do matter to the overall bottom line of what he's going to get paid. Now, we know he can opt into his player option with the Warriors, or he can hit free agency pretty soon. Regardless, the stats should be accurate, no matter whether you're at home or whether you're on the road. When you see stats like blocks, steals, assists being subjective, 
Yes, they're very subjective. We all know for years in the NBA that the stats at home for assists, the number of steps the guy takes after he gets a pass or why, I don't know, John Stockton has as many as he does. As for Draymond, though, however, mm. there's only mm. one there's stat that matters this year, which is one punch to your teammate that you got away with. Until that, I don't care about all this other stuff, and your example wasn't even that good. It didn't convince me at all. Come on, man. Focus on the L. Duncan. And there it is. We just can't have it both ways, guys. Like, we can't use stats to punctuate whether a player is good or bad, to highlight either their strengths or their weaknesses, and then turn around and just, you know, gloss over the idea that they wouldn't actually be accurate or correct. This is only the eye rolls coming because of the subject, the person that's saying it. It's Draymond Green, which is why you would just want to say things like, uh, and write it off as more Draymond worrying about him and being an I'm not doing that. I'm not eye rolling. It matters. I'm not, I mean... A player knows that their contractual status is based on their statistics. Their free agency coming forward. The, the all-NBA teams that some voters just like, yeah, I'll make a joke and vote on it. That affects contracts, affects legacies. That's real. Pablo, I want to do the research why you have a decimal point after your, after your yeah. score total in the next segment. Courtney Crone and Pablo well, Torre. investigate. Thanks, Glenn. Oh. Let's get our subreddit next. on that, please. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Pelicans Mavericks tonight. New Orleans has lost nine straight. They were the one seed in December. They're now shining themselves to the 10 playing country. NOLA.com's Rod Walker writes they should maintain patience with Zion and his hamstring. Courtney, you patient with Zion at this point after nine straight losses? He, over his four-year career, he's been on the bench for nearly 60% of games. Chris Haynes of the TNT broadcast said last night that he's just been cleared to start running, but there's no timetable on his return. So, yes, that does concern me. Pablo? Yeah, wildly impatient, but mostly because Brandon Ingram also is dealing with a toe injury, a toe thing, Tony, which is mysterious. But the point is that Zion and Ingram have combined to play in five games in the new year. So they need one or the other. They have neither right now. Western Conference is kind of packed at this moment, though. I'm not sure if it's full concern. You can get back to where you were if you got there in the first place, right? We'll move on. Half season left. Sorry, Eason, last night. Rockets rookie. Check him out. Piling up the mishappens on this extended play, he got himself five offensive rebounds (laughs) before finally nailing the end one. This is what the play-by-play looked like. Finished with 12 offensive boards in 19 minutes. Is it impressive if they are all your own misses, Pablo? 
Oh, Tony, I haven't seen a person miss this many bunnies since Elmer Fudd. And this was a little bit of a waskily Wussel Westbrook level of stat padding, if we're being quite honest with ourselves. Hey, this is only the third time in NBA history where a player has had 13 total rebounds, 12 of which came on the offensive glass. He feels slighted that he was left off the Rising Stars team, so this results in his third straight double-double. Good for you. Pablo, you have reached your full, most perfect form of dad with that dad joke. We'll give you the FaceTime, 30 seconds. Yes, and allow me to use these dad powers to complain about stuff that people don't get mad enough about. Like, you heard me talk about the Super Bowl being like a dumb name before, like an aside almost. I believe this. The big game is not a worse name than the Super Bowl, right? Like, you don't need to be in a certain legal state to realize that the name Super Bowl is kind of lame. You just put super in front of bowl. It's completely unimaginative. If I dropped it to you in 2023, you'd say that is a dumb name. Give me the big game, please. Win number one. Save Russell Westbrook. 75 for Pablo. The truth.